Podcast Radio. I'm Dan Bullard, your host tonight, filling in for Mr. Ben Job. And with us in the studio tonight, we have Mr. Justin Archer, JTRA, who is a DJ, singer, songwriter, producer, instrumentalist, all around uh, awesome music personality here in Huntsville. Thanks for coming to the studio with us tonight. Dude, thank you for having me. So you've been playing music in Huntsville for a while. Um, what brought you to music in the first place when you were younger? Uh, um, growing up when I was a kid, uh, I was always kind of one of those kids who like sing whatever, like, you know, sing along with their favorite songs in the radio and whatnot. My mom listened to like a lot of R&B, so I really kind of just naturally just took to it and just enjoyed it. So I sung along with it a lot and just kind of had a natural knack for it. Uh, I actually, my mom posted up a picture of me when I was like, I think about two or three and I was playing air guitar. Like I always just kind of had a natural desire to want to do that I guess and uh you know middle school joined the band played the saxophone all that jazz uh about high school <laughs> mom got me guitar got me you know instructor all that and uh you know this history took off as I got into high school met some friends met uh this cat who'd been playing I think about three years less than I had but was a Jeff Beasley student so of course he was Jesus on a guitar <laughs> So, uh, that was kind of like, oh no, like, it, it was like, oh man, uh, this guy's better than me. I've been playing like half as long as I is. It's not fair. And just one day me and him were hanging out at a music store and somebody handed me a bass guitar, just hand up on the rack and just the feel of it alone. I just had to play it. It was my first time actually laying hands on a bass guitar and I was an absolute, just natural at it. Like it, it was absolutely natural to me. And shortly after that, uh, that same friend got a call from the guys from the Crashing Falcon, which is one of the only local bands we were actually going to see at the time. It was one of the only ones we were a fan of. And they're like, hey, our guitar player and bass player just, you know, left to uh, freaking go start their own project. So you guys want to join? And it's kind of been history ever since. Cool. So what first got you into uh, the EDM scene in Huntsville? Oh, man. Uh, it was getting in contact from an old friend from middle school who I hadn't seen in years. And he had to live just a few blocks away from my mom's place out in Madison. You know, he moved, you know he's living in his mom's place. So, uh, you know, hoofed it down the road, go see him, go kick it with him for the first time forever. And uh, I walk into his garage. And one of the garage walls in his place... Actually, i got to get a shout-out to this cat, because I haven't seen this cat in forever. Go for it. This is the cat that turned me on to this stuff. Uh, Justin Easter went by Young Duckets, uh, pretty much. Uh, I can't remember the other name he went by. But, um, yeah, he had a wall of just EDM records. Just wall of it. And turntables and mixer. And computer, Serato, set up and everything. And I was like, what's what's that? He's like, oh, that's, that's my DJ set up. I was like, you're a DJ? He's like, yeah. Yeah, you like dance music? I was like, uh... Yeah, yeah, I don't know nothing about it, but yeah, I do dig it. He's like, well, dude, you wanna you wanna be educated? Yeah, and there was history after that. So yeah, I, I that's I think that's when I first ran into you was back around 2011, and you were doing a lot of MCing for uh, Renegade. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Renegade. Sorry, took me a second there, and they were like the the big uh, EDM uh, promoters back at that time. How did you first uh, come into contact with those guys? Um, well, the same friends that started out, like the friend who turned me on to EDM and the few other friends also, uh, and also his uh, close friend, uh, pretty much an old, uh, an old cohort just from music in general in the past. Uh, he had a connection and started working as a sound guy at a local bar, what used to be the whiskey in town. 
And uh, he let us, you know, throw base parties there every Sunday, and we were doing it weekly, just throwing, you know, just blaring freaking bass music in this freaking bar. And one day, Chris Kemp just saunters in all smooth-like, being Chris Kemp that he is, and, you know, talks to us. He's like, hey, I'm about to start throwing parties, too. You guys want to be a part of this? I do need to MC, and I noticed I see you here MCing it up. So, uh, uh, yeah, he kind of took us under his wing, and... Uh, it became history from there. <laughs> Very cool. So your first track you got for us tonight is uh, called Passion Extract. You want to talk about that one a little bit? Oh man, Passion Extract. Passion Extract was, it was kind of a odd kind of fluke happening. Uh, I was really trying to dabble into making some really futuristic sounds and trying to implement my chiptune, like very aqua drop chiptune inspired kind of sounds into it. But I really wanted to have that Eskimo, like a Tobin kind of percussion, weird experimental percussion feel going to it, but I wanted it to be a footwork tune. And just going on what I'm generally good at writing at, I'm generally good at writing at songs that are either good love songs or songs that make you horny. So... <laughs> It's it's a very narrow field, a very good one. <laughs> uh, it like it started out with some Star Wars sound effects, some other crazy things, and by the time I worked out the first drop of it, I was like, "This tune is going to be all about making babies." <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, so let's listen to it. This is JTRA with Passion Extract. <laughs>
And we're back. That was Passion Extract by JTRA. So, Justin, who would you say are some of your biggest influences in the EDM world? Oh, man. Uh, When it comes to my inspirations, especially when in the scope of my production, it most definitely is in a very specific order, and that order most definitely is uh, Eskimo, Aqua Drop, Africa High Tech, Cashmere Cat, uh, Guy Akimoto. And pretty much those, those and Pixel Lord actually. Pixel Lord's like kind of battles for the spot of uh, Africa High Tech, but that is pretty much it. When it comes to the stuff I produce, like I really only think about them. Yeah, I can uh, I can definitely hear some of the the Cashmere Cat influence specifically. You're you're doing a lot of really like very cool wet sounding chip tuny kind of stuff mixed mixed in with some some harder EDM. Uh, EDM spice, I guess. <laughs> I don't have the words to describe it, but it's really cool. Um, what's the software that you use? Uh, dude, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I was one of those cats who was raised up on FL Studio, got taught everything else afterwards, and then went right back to it after learning learning everything else. Yeah, that was the formula that worked best for you. Yeah, it was the pretty much the software I worked fastest in and just know my way around the best. So everything just gets done a lot better. Yeah, that that always helps, knowing the software and just being able to, yeah, I know exactly how to get that kind of sound. I want this kind of sound. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. So what's what's your process when you're when you're making a new track? How do you start out? Ooh, um, generally, my usual process is I write just about every aspect of a track in my head before I even sit down for it. And usually after that, uh, pretty much like I'll write the entire track, at least what I want in my head, and then I'll sit down and I'll pretty much dig around through my sound libraries and pull up different percussions, weird just sound samples and everything that I want to cut up and make into other sounds. Then after that, I sit down with my synths and I pretty much write out my chord progressions and little melodies. And these are just like all just the patterns. I go ahead and just work out a whole bunch of my patterns, rhythms, intros, all that. And then I sit down on my timeline and actually throw, I you know, pretty much throw my intro out there. I never go drop first. I never, ever make my drop for a track first. It's always the intro, the carrying piece to that, and then the drop. Okay. So you write it basically in the order that it's played. Yes. Okay. I know a lot of people that, yeah, like you said, they'll start with the drop first or they'll, they'll... You know, everybody has a different mm. process. I guess there's no one good one. It's it's very individual. I've no I've noticed that uh, a lot of the tracks that are written drop first. That's generally about the best part to the track is the drop, and I like my tracks to be good all around. Okay, that's a good that's a good philosophy to have. So this next one you got coming up for us is called uh, Audio Aphrodisiac. So is there a story behind that, or is that just the uh in when I was making the track, uh, really it just started out with just taking all the Chinese string parts and cutting all those up and just trying to figure out like, what can I even use from this? What can I use? Uh, this sounds cool. Uh, whatever. Okay. I'm going to start with this one. Okay. Uh, okay. That's, <laughs> that's nice. Okay. Uh, this, this sounds like spring incarnate. It's <laughs> <sighs> mm, mm, writing itself. <laughs> it, uh, Oh, I have the name. Oh, you're 
yes. So you had to clean up your studio afterwards is what you're saying. Oh, uh, mainly I had to get some cotton swabs because my ear pussy was soaked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's listen to that next. This is JTRA with Audio Aphrodisiac. <laughs>
And that was Audio Aphrodisiac from GTRA with vocal part recorded right here in Spice Rack Studios tonight. Um, so where did the lyrics come from? Uh, really? The lyrics came from just the sound of the track itself. Uh, I'm really inspired by the way Beck writes his lyrics. So I like lyrics with just the sound of the lyrics alone. You can almost eat them. Yeah. So so thick you can chop it with a knife and mm-hmm. so like you hear it and you're just like oh that's like a nice creme brulee yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so you've you've been around Huntsville for a while and you've seen a kind of you know what to me is as the as the party goer looked like you know a huge rise rise of the EDM scene in Huntsville around like tw- early 2011 probably a little bit before that yeah and uh I guess that lasted for you know about one or two years Renegade mm-hmm. was throwing a lot of parties there were other mm-hmm. people getting into it and and then it felt like you know I guess late 2012 like it kind of started to die off a little bit yeah I, I really feel like uh just the the of age party kids at the time uh, were really just into partying, so they really didn't know a whole, whole lot about just, like, where to go for shows, like, and whatnot, and we were just generally the only source. But um, once they, you know, discovered, like, things like festivals, all that, and a lot of, like, out-of-town shows, there was just a noticeable thing about uh, between our shows and their shows is that they could go to other shows and get even bigger headliners than the sh- you know, than we could get at ours, which is understandable. Yeah, but I mean, Skrillex came to town like right before he got really big. So that I mean, is this, true. That this is was a true. spot for, where people came in, uh, like you know, some some bigger DJs came for a mm. while. I, I honestly kind of feel like just the quality of some of the shows kind of ebbed away with the crowds as well. Like uh, to a certain point, like uh, oh, I don't know. Like uh, there was just a lot of people who were just there for they. Didn't really know any of the locals or that any of the locals actually do a lot of their own work or anything at the time. And they really were just going where the party was. Okay, so it was, it was more about, the you know, being out and having a good time than supporting the local music or anything exactly. like that. Exactly. Oh, yeah, I can see that. So, do you have any upcoming shows uh, coming up in the near future? Uh, let's see. Um, the next upcoming one is most definitely something for everyone festival. It's going to be the Von Braun Center and the Playhouse Theater. Uh, we're going to actually have some pretty interesting things going on. Uh, I'm going to be uh, filling in in bass for uh, Hobo Incognito. They're going to sit in with my set. I'm going to do a specific DJ set where it's going to be a lot of my own originals I sing with, with a lot of just very minimal tribal percussion tracks, and they're just going to jam along with me along top, oh, along man, top of my set. And then after that, I'm going to do like a lot of like background vocal and turntable, like just turntablistic stuff uh, and other sound laying down for uh, knowing. That's really cool. And, and that, that kind of brings me to an interesting point. You're, I guess, more known around town right now for, for being an MC and a producer and a DJ, but you're like 
a monstrously talented multi-instrumentalist and you've been playing for a long time, do you ever combine those two disciplines? Like when you're creating a new track, do you play any of your own parts? Uh, a lot of tracks, actually, yes. A lot of the tracks I've made start out on just an acoustic guitar. Just me just coming out with little parts and little things just to play out the parts I would hear in my head and the other little things and just me just trying to figure out just the just the you know the notation and just musicality that's actually going into what I was making because I'm not too big a fan of tracks that are just like booming bass good percussion and some weird freaking sounds and it's just all atonal in your face yeah. freaking rage until you you know don't have a face anymore I, I like I said I, I hear a lot of that and and I guess everybody gets their influences from different places, but you know, and you've you've probably met and heard a lot of different DJs. Do you feel like the ones who do have some sort of a classical music background, you know, taking lessons as a kid, learning an instrument, do you think that gives them an advantage when they're producing over somebody who doesn't? Uh, entirely, because uh, you'll notice a lot of those artists. You can take their their music, and you can actually take any just about any instrument, pick it up, and play those tracks. Huh. Are you talking about the ones who who did have you know a musical background versus those who just got yeah, into producing? Yeah, entirely. Yeah, okay, uh, okay. those who actually have a musical background, like you'll notice, their tracks are actually very musical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> so this next track you've got for us is called uh, "Atari Hoodrat Christmas," which is probably oh. the funniest <laughs> title for a dance track I think I've ever heard. You want to explain uh, that one? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's still in the uh, in the the unfinished phase of the production on it. It's completely finished, but uh, it needs all its vocal bits. Uh, it's entirely of just fleshing out the concept of I wanted to make a track that was underground. It was still in the very weird underground spectrum of like chip tune and C punk that I produce a lot in and working with a lot of people and just some friends with the other artists. But, um, I don't know, I wanted to do something that was very Christmassy, and I also wanted to have a sense of doo-wop to it, so, I, I really, it, I really just kind of thought, like, okay, what would be the best way to make this track idea sell? Make it just ridiculous, just make it absolutely freaking ridiculous, so, drugs, blow, anime, freaking comic books, and video games for Christmas, and a girl. That's why I want <laughs> Santa Claus. Santa Claus, I want you to bring me, I want you to bring me a big booty, big booty girl. With a stack of video games, anime in one hand, and then a pile of drugs in the other. Can you do that, Santa Claus? <laughs> Best Christmas ever. Ever. Okay, so this is JTRA with Atari Hoodrat Christmas.
that was JTRA with Atari Hood Rat Christmas. So we talked a little bit earlier about kind of the the rise and a little bit of the decline in the uh, EDM scene around Huntsville, but you know recently it looks like uh, things are starting to pick back up again. We've we've had a couple of shows recently. I think have gone really well. Uh, you guys played a show. You and uh, that Andy guy uh, who we interviewed oh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago here on the yeah. show had a show over yeah. at a couple everything of all places. Yeah, which yeah. I I never would have thought would have hosted an EDM show just because I oh. thought the room would be too small, but. Seeing what those guys uh, over at Parasite did with it, it was really cool. Like it was a, it was like a, like a lounge show. It's what we wanted. Uh, we just uh, pretty much the guy who runs all of, in, uh, you know, uh, IPR. Uh, he just had the idea. Like I mean, all these big old flashing, banging old bass parties that go around. We know that there's awesome loungy, laid back EDM events going on all over the planet. Why is no one trying one here? Hmm. I would, yeah, and and just listening to the type of music that was played, it really lends itself to that. But that's that's something I ne- would have never thought. You know, I've I've seen I've been to festivals where they've had a chill out tent and, yeah. and people have you know that's where everybody goes when they've just you know drink too much or just done too many drugs or whatever it may be. It's just to, <laughs> yeah, just to kind of get away from all the loud crazy music yeah. to kind of chill out with the, the yeah, cool like, lounge music. Where, where's the classy folks who like to wear you know? A suit and tie, dress up real nice, and go to a nice <laughs> bar. Hear some good jazzy tech house and drink some wine, and then afterwards, you know, go home and make some babies. There you go. So, what do you think the future of EDM is in this area? In this area, that is hard to say because the EDM world is very open uh, mentally to the world of the jam music world, and the jam music world is open to the EDM world. So, I kind of foresee a very odd melding coming together i foresee another whole half life half electronic feet like half electronic like phase going through huntsville again like i feel that coming on just from the people i work with and what's going on the concepts <clears throat> that people have uh so yeah i really think uh i think that's might would be next for the edm world right now in huntsville so more live instruments and, but, you know, combining with that really, you know, that, that thumping EDM beat and, and all the crazy effects that go with it. Most definitely. Yes. Very cool. So what do you see yourself doing in that world? Oh man, being weird. <laughs> That's what I see. I'm always going to be the weird guy who makes the weird tribal tunes that make you want to do naughty things. All right. You, you will either want to fall in love, make babies both at the same time or both the same time after both the same time (laughs) all at once all at the same time oh yes so we talked about your upcoming show uh on april the 10th that is the something for everyone festival over at the uh bbc playhouse and you've also got another show uh, coming up over is at the Kind Society over at Zero Gra- where the old Zero Gravity building used to be in Five Points. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Ride the vibe. Ride the vibe is a actually an old concept of Subwoofer, a local artist. He had a long time ago to where it's a a regular running event where it's it pretty much uh it uh encourages uh its goers, you know, its patrons, its crowd to be ridiculous. Wear, wear a wedding dress, like costumes, <laughs> you know, like, what was, what was it? Ridiculous dress and courage. That is the premise of the ride, a part of the vibe. And yeah, it's generally going to be an all out goofy fest. 
It is going to be so much laughs, so much fun. Uh, I'm probably not going to leave with pants on. <laughs> yes, the best kind of party. The one where everybody leaves naked. <laughs> or maybe the worst. I don't know. It depends on the people, I guess. <laughs> And you've got uh, one more show, actually a festival, coming up in May uh, with Omnia Collecta. Collecta. Is that the name of the group or the festival? Oh, the festival. Omnia Collecta. And that's uh, from Stickman, and she threw a bunch of burns uh, last year. Indeed. It's pretty much uh, the burns are just starting to blossom and progress and evolve, and it's really starting to evolve to more of a festival instead of a get-together gathering event put together by the people like it's really starting to blossom and grow we have a bunch of -of out-of-town artists coming in a bunch of fresh sounds uh we uh, very diverse uh lineups for each day you're going to be seeing everything from comedy live bands to electronic music and you're going to be seeing it not in certain times of the day you're going to get whatever like you're going to be looking at like edm artists like right when the first day starts up uh, you know, maybe another than a live band, another live band, a comedian or two. You know, it's going to be very diverse every single day, every set of hours. That's really cool. That's what I like to see at festivals because I've gone to a lot where it's just, it's one genre of music, which is really cool for, you know, a couple hours, but, you know, three days of it, you're just like, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah thank you. Well, yeah, that's enough myself. of that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if it's like, like loud metal or something. Like I've been through or that. Something. Yeah, I've, I've been through that. It, it is. It, it, it's brutal. It, it's as brutal as you think it would be. So, where can people? Where's the easiest place for people to find your music and want to listen to it? Uh, SoundCloud. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just look up JTRA and SoundCloud. It'll take it right to me. And you've got a Facebook and Twitter as well. Indeed. Okay. So the last track you got for us tonight is called Rain Dance. You want to talk about that one? Rain Dance was kind of a fluke. Um, It came out of, I've been working on a lot of just very minimal tribal tracks with just a few sparse sounds on them. And there's been a few tracks that I couldn't keep them simple. Just they naturally on their own just evolved into bigger sounding tracks. And so I just let them and just kept working on them and fleshing them out into these bigger things. And uh, it ended up being one of those tracks. It, uh... It really just, I wanted it to be just this kind of rolling, low-tempo footwork tribal tune, but the sounds that I picked out for it, just, I could hear that it was going somewhere, so I just let it, and it ended up, in, like, growing into this track that's starts out as just a feel, goes into another feel, and then broadens into an experience. Oh, cool. Very cool. Well, Justin, thanks for stopping by the studio to, with us tonight and for uh, submitting your tracks to the stream and all that. Again, you can find his stuff on Facebook, uh, Twitter, SoundClouds, where you can find all the tracks. Uh, any other ways to contact you? Just out on the street, just, you know, look uh, for the guy with the big dreads. And... Yeah, look for the guy with the big dreads. Uh, also, hit up industrialparasite.com. You can keep pretty fresh on just about everything between a lot of uh, the local EDM uh, going through town and just goings on generally around the world. Uh, we're a media hub. Uh, we cover, you know, anime, uh, we cover, you know, movies, uh, just generally anything we're interested in. So, uh, stop on by, check out my artist profile. Uh, I write news articles on all kinds of stuff. I'm actually pretty decent on keeping up with a lot of like the, uh, like up and coming underground footwork. So if you're a footwork fan and a lot of other forms of EDM in that general direction, yeah, uh, keep up with it. Cause I'm always going to be trying to find new stuff and throw it at your ears. Cool. Well, thanks for stopping in the studio with us tonight. And this is JTRA taking us out tonight with Brain Dance.
This has been a production of Spice Radio from Huntsville, Alabama. You guys know what you want, and you don't have to do too much to get it. Get with us at spice-radio.com. If you have a podcast, you make music or art, or you have an event that you want to promote in the Tennessee Valley, you can find us at www.facebook.com slash spiceradiohuntsville or on Twitter at Spice Radio HSV. And again, our website, spice-radio.com.